today's story is called The Pillar Box. Brexit has been so much fun, don't you think? And it looks as if it will just keep on giving. But really, how bad do you think it could get? If you're Irish, that is. Sit back and let's see. The Pillar Box. First there was red, then there was green. Now there is red again. That's the way I look at it. That's the way I keep all the trouble in perspective. Royal Mail Red, colour reference number 538BS381C, and black, colour reference number 00E53BS4800. These are my stock in trade. After the initial countrywide repainting project, each postbox of whatever type is then to be repainted every three years. This gives me a wee bit of security at least, what with all the controversy and the accusations. You can't be too careful, but then again, you've got to eat. And there's the family, of course. It's so important not to involve them. Not to involve them in the battle of authority. Not to involve them in the details of the job. I was so used to a different colour, though. My dreams turned colour blind. Couldn't tell the red from the green. My poor brain was protecting me from the meanings. If there was no colour, then you couldn't be on the wrong side, could you? Of course, I'd done it once before. In 2016, I painted ten Dublin post boxes red. It was all part of the Easter 16 commemorations. We fitted a text number and a code word to each of the boxes painted, which, when activated by phone, sent a video about what was witnessed at that specific post box on the week of the Rising in 1916. It didn't go down too well, I can tell you. I had a lot of people getting very angry at me, a bit of spitting and the odd egg thrown. There was one hell of a public outcry. And after the week was done, I had to go around and revert. But in 2016, in the end, it was all a storm in a teacup. Now that we've been kicked back under the Queen, it's a matter of life and death. I used to take pride, you know, to actually enjoy the work, outside in all weathers. I had my schedule and I travelled far and wide, took in the whole of the country. I was part of a team, of course, but there was only a handful of us. The boxers. It was a calming thing to do before the crackdown. They'd give you an allotted time for each box, travel included, so you could do a slapdash run if you wanted. But none of us did. You learned to erase the mark of the brush completely, and to be totally even with the coat. Funny thing was, there was always little glimpses of red showing through on the older boxes when you got to them, even when they'd had many splashes of the green before. And they had all kept the royal insignias. That never changed. No, it was only the paint that was different. So you made sure you did a grand job, left them all glowing as fresh as grass. You'd think it would be easy enough just to turn the whole thing around. Be scarlet where once you were emerald. But it's not. It's a whole different kerfuffle. Now you just get out there, keep your head down and paint as quickly as you can. With the proficiency that we've built up like over the years, I'd say it's still a pretty decent effort. You don't get any kind of protection, though. You just have to navigate your way. No one stands guard. The whole thing is symbolic, and being such is only protected in theory, if you see what I mean. People have accepted so much. No, that's not right. They've had so much forced on them. Complaining is of no use. Arguing is very dangerous. Outrage is pointless. You just press ahead and hope to get through it somehow. But every choice, every imposition, 
it has its price. There are essentially three types of post box in Ireland. The pillar box, the wall box and the lamp box. You'll have seen them all. Innocuous, just standing there, biding their time, getting on with the job. There's something quite comforting about them. Sentinels they are, perhaps, keeping watch, bringing some kind of reassurance, some kind of community, a reminder of social obligation, you know, to the rural crossroads, to remote villages and far-flung farms. A metal box hanging from a little pole. It could just be a wooden stump, but something about it pointing to the dignity and importance of the half-forgotten byway. Thousands of locations, reflecting decisions taken in the 19th century, the blessings and curses of history. And I've been out in rain and shine with most of them. Sometimes it felt like I was restoring an ancient work of art. The paint, carefully applied, gently brushed across the cracked metal surface, bearing its scars proudly, the wind and the wet of years. I'd set up a little canopy to complete the work without letting water at the paint, keeping close while it dried. Nothing boring in that, after all, watching paint dry, watching the world unfurl before me, and the silence. I remember the soft silence of the countryside, so easeful then, but now so full of menace. Skirmishes at the border, and we didn't pay it any heed. Sure, for those of us old enough, we remembered the days when the North was always exploding, and the news always full of warnings. Would shopkeepers return to check their premises? Incendiary devices everywhere, car bombs, checkpoints, bitterness and condemnation. The reality on the ground, the truth of the situation, no surrender, Chucky our law. Those phrases, radio souvenirs of a distant but adjacent world. And when it all started up again, well, we ignored it, put it to the back of our minds. I'd be painting a pillar box in Wicklow, say, and once again, Cross Maglen felt like a foreign problem. But then, with the escalation and the desperate demands to calm the rising conflict, something happened that took our breath away, shattered our lives and destroyed our hope. The annexation. The only way to solve the border crisis, they said, was to take the Republic back under the protective wing of the United Kingdom. The tanks rolled in, the Doyle was dissolved, the internment camps were constructed, and the arrests began. Would you like to help make Britain great again? Oh, there was plenty of noise, all right, from all quarters. There was fulmination and fury, and not a hand was lifted to help us. So I could continue my job, and change in the colour of paint, or I could go to hell. My world turned red. At the beginning of the transition, we went out in pairs. I was with a young man from Kildare, and our first task was a wall box in Cork City, not far from the Rory Gallagher Memorial. We were nervous, but as the day went on, it didn't seem so bad. The wall boxes are the easiest, but you've got to take great care with the join where the stone meets the metal. A smaller brush and duct tape on the stone, so there's a nice clean line. Took a break about half eleven and had a look around. People were scurrying here and there, going about what they thought looked like their ordinary business. But sure, everyone was strung out by this time. No one meeting anyone else's gaze, breathing paranoia with every step they took checking every angle before they turned a corner or stepped into a shop. We'd each a flask of tea and a sandwich, but I fancy something sweet, so I went to buy us a couple of chocolate bars at the nearest newsagent. And as I came back to where we were pitched, with our ground sheet pots and brushes, I was just in time to see the young fellow's head shatter, like we'd spilled our paint all over the pavement. Careless, and the poor bastard in my charge, 
and the ruin of him now, and the blood and the grief, and the terrible squall of emotion. There it was, locked into treason now. That shooting played havoc with my nerves. It was decided we were too conspicuous in pairs, so from then on it was on your lonesome. Not so much reassurance in that, but people were being sacked and betrayed right, left and centre, and the economy was nosediving. The perfect storm, they called it. Perfect for human misery. I had no option but to keep on, carefully, cautiously. But you can't live like a landmine sapper 24-7, can you? You have to slowly ease yourself into the thought that you might be picked off at any time and somehow just deal with it. Let the sweat of it dry on your skin. Makes you a snappy arse, though. Bite the head off anyone who says boo. It didn't help the arguments at home, that's for certain. We were a good mirror of the country, all right. Factions everywhere. History repeating as farce, isn't that what they say? The British Army, of course, but they also set up a militia based on the black and tans, though dressed in blue and green this time round. They were called the True Patriots to get in a dig at the resistance. And there, in opposition, in armed uprising and in righteous indignation, you had the IRA, obviously. Reborn and refitted, but soon divided into different ideological wings as ever. My girl, my articulate and intelligent daughter, within a feminist and socialist splinter group, all for the right of violent struggle, but with a wider perspective, as she put it. The Wrath of Maeve, they called themselves. She thought I was a weak-willed collaborator, but she also conceded that it doesn't matter if you're red-starving or green-starving. And then there was my son, at another extreme altogether, the Brotherhood of the Isles, on the hard right of the IRA. They saw the first task of building a new country was to get rid of its immigrants, who had polluted the state and made it susceptible to a hostile takeover. They were willing to turn a blind eye to the Patriots until the islands were white once more. They approved of the suspension of the Irish Constitution. Now, there is one type of pillar box of which we in the Boxers are all very fond, and that's the Penfold. It was one of the earliest models for a freestanding post box. Designed by J.W. Penfold, they were manufactured and deployed from 1866 to 1879, and there's only six of them left, and of those, only three are still in operation. Of those three, the finest by a distance is the one in Skibbereen in West Cork. The hexagonal design made them very beautiful to look at, but most of them were taken out of service after public complaints that they were a bit awkward when it came to parcels getting wedged inside. Well, didn't I get the Skibbereen gig, and wasn't Skibbereen the ending of me? West Cork is a gorgeous place altogether, even in the heat of mayhem, and there wasn't a cloud in the sky that day. I spread my ground sheet around the penfold and I ran my hands across the plains of the hexagon. In less torrid times they had matched so skilfully the art with the function. A lovely object, standing majestic in the summer sun. I gave it a good sanding down and as I opened my tin for the first time I felt the urge to whisper an apology. Even though my desecration was just another coat of history... Even though the first blush of this post-box had been bright red and my painting it a simple return to a previous order, even though I was now glut-full of sorrow. Sorrow for the cruelty of the age, sorrow for the hatred carried in the air to every hollow and shelter in the land. The first bullet entered my lung from the back, the second hit my neck from the side, and the third went into my left leg, splitting the femoral artery. I was on my back, watching the burning sun, watching it stare with perfect indifference at the tiny violence of Ireland. 
I wondered, but only for a brief moment, which of the many certainties had killed me. Were they red bullets or green bullets, or maybe a combination? My daughter and my son both condemned me at my funeral, as my wife wept and my friends gritted their teeth. I hadn't the courage to take up arms for my beliefs, my daughter declared. I hadn't the strength to defend the purity of the race, my son concluded. But that night, outside my house, some of my workmates got together and painted the pillar box at the end of my street, and they painted it green. Green for the Republic. Not the Republic of 1916 or 1949 or even 2018. No, not for them, but for the next Republic, the real Republic, the one that is waiting for us to deserve it. Thank you for listening. Please share.